He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Novacastrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. We have rain here. He has uh, he has snow in Northern California. Good morning and welcome, Zach Garrod. <laughs> Good morning, Tracy. Yes, yes, we uh, we've got the, uh, the the cold version of rain. Oh I my guess, god! Uh, right up in the in the north. Yeah, it started getting dustings of snow uh, up in the north of California, um, which is great. It's really really great that they they need something because the weather was so it was so dry and so dangerous there, and there was a lot of horror, horrific bushfires for quite some time up there. So it looks like it's the, the, the nature of the environment is beginning to shift a bit more and become um, a little less combustible. So they're very happy about it oh, up there. Oh, thank God. Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, man, what, welcome to the world of climate change, huh? Yeah, it, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely been present here for quite some time, as we know, but uh, it's very emphatic there at the moment. It's quite incredible to see... God, the flood watches everywhere again mm. in Australia. I mean, in February, everybody over here learned where Lismore was. Yeah. The floods in Lismore were news over here, and we did fundraisers here amongst the Australian community to help with the, the relief effort in Lismore. And once it's been three or four times since where they've yeah. been flooded or evacuated or within a, within a, like a, a foot or two of the levee. It's unbelievable. It really is. And, of course, uh, your mum and dad are up, uh, are up that way. They're, uh, they're, at least, thank God, a little bit further north of, uh, of Lismore. But uh, it's certainly impacting them already. Yes, yes. They, so they, they live in Byron. They, they live and work in Byron. And they, uh, they were up in Eltham. Uh, last night, which is a really cute little place, just uh, up sort of in about thirty minutes in, into the hinterland, not far from Bangalore. Um, and it's a gorgeous drive up there, but it's, a lot of people listeners would know it's a very tight, windy road mm. to get in there, and it's quite dark. And they were at an engagement party up there, and they left before sundown so that they could get back um, before the roads really became inundated. And that's exactly what happened when they got back. Most of the roads out around Ewingsdale, uh, Tiagra, up around Eltham, parts of Bangalore, and that had started to go under. Mm. I mean, there's places that usually flood anyway. In Byron, it tends to be more down towards like the Rails Hotel around the swampy area there. Um, Tiagra is a very, you know, not far from where they have, cause they have splendor in the grass. Mm. It's a big swamp. It's a big water catchment area, so that tends to go underwater. And then, of course, up around um, parts of the hinterland as well. So they're filling it there. And Lismore is, I know Lismore's obviously under an evacuation mm. watch, I think, and then there's parts of Lismore that have already flooded. It's just horrible, it really is. And, uh, you know, just to see these daily media conferences coming out of Victoria and out of New South Wales, it's uh, it's horrible, it, it really is. There's millions of Australians at the moment under flood watches yeah. and virtually every area, every location in uh, in New South Wales has some kind of a flood watch. But that's what's that's what's sort of scouting, like from the like it's from the Darling Downs area right through to like the Hawkesbury River mm. catchment and up north towards the oh it's southwest towards the River Arena, up north towards the Northern Rivers, you know, the Richmond Valley area. It's it's staggering just to see how widespread mm. this is and just to see the amount of water that is there. And when you consider three, four years ago, that they were sending water out in tanks yeah. to these areas to help the farmers, to help to help them get some relief. And now it's it's just totally inverted where they just can't. They just can't take. They don't have a moment to dry out. No. And then, of course, in the coastal areas, you've got the erosion issue. So, um, like the, the swell is obviously up pretty heavy at the moment on the east coast, up around uh, Byron, up north to Tweed and places like that. So, again, coastal erosion is a real serious problem when these big, low pressure systems come through. 
It's not. You should be a weatherman. I reckon you could take on Gav Morris with that uh, that report. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would never dare take on Gavin Morris. I, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I, think uh, I, I don't have the quite the barometric pressure to match. The beautiful, <laughs> uh, the beautiful Gavin Morris. He's actually he's in Lismore at the moment. He broadcast the news last night from up there, and he's uh, he's right. up there again today. So, man, it seems to be whenever there's a flood, they just uh, yeah they send out Gav Morris. God bless him. Just uh, make sure you stay safe out there, Gav. Now we saw yeah, is, the, is this flooding making uh, making the news over there? Not so much at the moment, no. It's, it's, it was the start of this year when the, when the vision was just so, so horrific and it was it's such an impactful thing to see. Um, it, it's, it, it, it was mostly the start of this year that made news, but not so much right now. Mm. I mean, it, it, is, it is within climatology circles. Like with, within a lot of the community here, there's a guy called Daniel Swain who's a climatologist at UCLA and he mostly focuses on California. Because um, California weather is, is very diverse, you know, with the sort of like, as you know, Tracy, like it's quite cool and mm. almost alpine at the, at the, in the north, and there's snowy in the sort of the Middle East, and then southeast you've got the deserts and the badlands all the way down to kind of the, the, the arid Mexico border with uh, Baja California. And so it's incredibly diverse. So they're talking about, when they talk about Australian weather here, they often talk about it in context of California. So we're obviously in La Nina, you know, the, the whole weather pattern across the Pacific is La Nina. So Australia gets, is extremely wet. We are extremely dry. Mm. So when they're talking about getting, you know, a month's worth of rainfall in two, three days in Sydney, they talk about it here in context of how dry California is by comparison to Australia. So we've got dams here that are at 14 and 15 percent, really, really low levels. Um, whereas, you know, Warragamba, they're talking about increasing the building the wall yeah. higher to contain more water. So that's usually how Australia is talked about in the news here. It really is incredible. Um, I just got a message from uh, from Michael Blackson saying that uh, Sydney is now having its wettest October in 159 years of records. That oh is mind-blowing. That yeah, is that's just mind-blowing. That, that's staggering. I mean, we've had wet summers before and we've had wet, you know, sort of those, those just melancholy, dour, sort of humid, cool days in January, February with like 26, 27 degrees. But that this torrential, consistent rain, it's... I mean, I know when my grandma goes, oh, I don't remember it raining like this, I listened. <laughs> yes, yes, they know what they're talking about. Now, speaking of, of not knowing what you're talking about as opposed to knowing what you're yeah. talking about, um, <laughs> yes. yesterday, yeah. now, now, if you're familiar with LA, you'd be familiar with the 405 and uh, yeah. you've probably driven on it. You may not have realised it, but the 405 is, uh, is one of the major freeways uh, around LA. They had some uh, not quite so nice banners put out yesterday supporting some things said by... Uh, a rap artist. Uh, tell me about that yeah. one, Zach. It's just, it's mind-blowing. So, I think without naming him, we don't really have to. No, I mean, we don't what, have what to. He's done is, 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 what he's done is disgraceful. Um, a, a rap artist over here recently got on Twitter and described how they were going to go DEFCON 3. They misspelled DEFCON. They, mm. they spelled it DEFCON. We'll, we'll give them better for the doubt and say they meant to spell DEFCON. Well, Defcon he still doesn't know what his name Jewish. is, so how can he spell yes, anything else? Yeah, <laughs> Still conflicted, I guess, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, but regardless, that, that was quite a uh, quite a despicable and disgraceful swipe at the Jewish community. And it was all born out of uh, conspiracy theories, more or less, talking about globalism, talking about George Soros and these sorts of just nonsensical and very uh, prejudicial conspiracy theories that have just embedded themselves within parts of the fringe communities here. Um, now, the problem is, 
when someone like this particular individual has a big platform like they do on Twitter, and also supported a little bit by Elon Musk, um, people tend to listen. Now, people tend to listen, and people who should not have any platform in society to share any kinds of views suddenly feel quite validated and feel emboldened enough to hang a banner off a bridge on the 405 freeway on a Saturday saying that, that, saying that this particular rapper was right about the Jews and hold Nazi salutes aloft as cars went underneath. Now, another thing about the 405, it goes through Brentwood. It goes mm-hmm. through the Brentwood Canyon area on the west side of Los Angeles. And now there's a big Jewish community over there. There's a big Jewish community around Brentwood and the west side, around there, around Wilshire and places like that. Because the 405 sort of bisects that area um, going north-south. Going, uh, north so hanging a banner like that in a public area, in a highly trafficked area, amplifying these disgraceful remarks and holding your, holding your arms aloft in Nazi salutes is a kind of, it's a kind of gesture that it's hard to believe. It's really, really hard to believe that these people felt so emboldened that they could get away with this. Now, the organization, one of the organizations there was called the Goyam Defense League, which is basically... A, an adversarial, antagonistic swipe at the Jewish Defense League, which is one of the one of the major um, one of the major groups here in the United States, that looks out for Jewish Jewish communities' welfare. Uh, so you know, makes, after the rise in anti-Semitism recently, particularly after the Trump administration, and of course the perpetuation of these conspiracy theories, the Jewish Defense League has been on the forefront, making sure that people understand how offensive these things are. Now they've already had issues with school students not really knowing a lot about the Holocaust and things like that. Now around parts of West Hollywood, actually, near the Grove, there's a big Holocaust memorial there and a big museum. Now, you don't have to go too far in this community here before you meet someone who has had a relative who survived the Holocaust Mm -hmm. in some way, whether they were Hungarian, Romanian, German, uh, any parts of Russia. If they were Jewish, they were probably affected by the, the Holocaust in some way. Now, we have a friend of ours here who is actually a professor in intergenerational trauma at one of the universities over here, and her grandmother was in the Holocaust. So the, so the Jewish community here is deeply embedded in Los Angeles. So for these people to stand on that bridge and commit this kind of disgraceful act is really, really troubling. Now, the GDL, as they call themselves, they're a Nazist movement. They're, anti-Semitic, they're an anti-Semitic Nazist movement. Mm. They believe in the final solution. They believe in the white replacement theory. And given what that rapper said this week, who is an African-American man, they feel justified and emboldened because of it, because they go, oh, look, an African-American man agrees with us. See, this is something that crosses cultural barriers, which is just, again, sickening and absurd. And there's a wonderful journalist over here called W. Kamau Bell, um, who does a great show called The United Shades of America about the various communities across the United States and the problems that they face, but also the incredible um, cultures that exist here. And he talked specifically about this rapper, another person named Candace Owens, and how they, they become a part of this movement and they become co-opted into it. And these white supremacist, Nazist, anti-Semitic individuals feel even more emboldened because they feel as though somebody who is, who is, to their eyes, inferior to them, also agrees with their beliefs. So this is an incredible concoction of racism, anti-Semitism, prejudice and really deeply troubling and violent rhetoric. 
Zach, it is illegal over here now in New South Wales to yes, uh, to do any any anti-Semitic symbols. Um, you know, if you, you're putting up the uh, the third, you know, the, your hand up as as the Hitler salute, all of that is illegal over here now. You cannot do it. Is it illegal over there to to be anti-Semitic or not? Well, anti-Semitism is a hate crime. Mm. It's a hate crime. So these guys would theoretically be facing hate crimes. But because they didn't hang a banner off a bridge saying that we hate the Jews and they all need to die, mm. which is even though what they believe as a community, um, they probably won't face any charges. Mm. The Nazi salute is complicated. Because one of the, if you've seen a movie called American History X, that's actually based on some facts here. One of the biggest neo-Nazi movements is actually in parts of California <laughs> over here. <laughs> So David Duke, of course, the, the grand the grand dragon of the KKK, lives in California, or lives in California, I don't know if he's still here. So you still have these hard-right white supremacist movements living in and amongst one of the most culturally diverse communities across the United States. Now, I don't know, I, I'm really not sure if the Nazi salute is illegal. I do know that they'll, they'll find a Nazi flag in parts of Florida recently at the front of Disney World. And as far as I know, nobody was arrested for it. The Nazi, the, the swastika has appeared at... Trump rallies over here. It's been flown in California. Now, I know in Victoria, New South Wales, it's illegal to fly. And, of course, in Germany, if you do it, I think you face nine months in prison as a minimum. Um, but over here, I mean, we saw it at the, the Sydney-Croatia game recently, mm. at the Sydney-Croatia-Macarthur yeah. ball game. We had young people in the crowd holding their arms aloft in, in Nazi salutes. Now, this is the problem, is it's starting to get in amongst younger generations. We're getting further on from the Holocaust. So instead of being first-person recitations of the hideous and despicable inhumane treatment that, that the Jews faced, um, and of course six million of them were murdered, it's now becoming you know, a footnote on Wikipedia, or it's becoming a documentary. So when we start to move on from that, I think people are starting to, to, starting to lose the significance mm. of, uh, of, sorry, the significance of the impact of these gestures and just how hideous and grotesque they are. It is. Uh, it's it's bizarre. It really is. Speaking of bizarre, um, you have the uh, the twenty twenty two midterm elections. They happen uh, on the eighth of November. Um, there are four hundred thirty five seats at the House of Representatives, and thirty five of the one hundred seats in the Senate are going to be contested. What is the general uh, feeling at the moment over there? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Now, incumbent governments usually lose seats. Trump administration lost seats, of course, the Obama administration lost seats. It's not uncommon for an incumbent, incumbent government to lose seats, depending on how things are. Now, the Biden admin suffered a lot in polls recently, particularly in the, the middle area of the year, around June, July. They suffered a lot in polls in the back of Afghanistan, you know, the calamity of the withdrawal of, from Afghanistan, and other issues within the communities that were starting to, starting to creep in. But the student debt forgiveness was a big step forward. The federal, uh, the federal um, pardons for... For marijuana possession was also a big one as well. So they're starting to make some, some decent steps. But where they're really going it, to... I think they're, they're currently predicting that the Dems might get 15 seats and the, the Republicans might get 17 seats. They're really okay. not sure. Mm-hmm. It's quite tight. So it's possible the House may flip. But they're running on really serious issues here. One being Roe versus Wade, as we know, is a very mm-hmm. serious issue. So they're pushing pretty hard on that. The other one is student debt forgiveness which is another really, really big one. Mm. And the other one is, of course, climate change and the infrastructure fund that, uh, that Biden passed this year, which is a huge, huge deal. So they've got a lot to run off. The, the issue, what they're going to face, however, is there's a lot of very loud, very noisy, very wrong people who are getting very big platforms to share their nonsense. So, you know, with Marjorie Telegreen, Herschel Walker, people like that. Um, 
The interesting one's Georgia. Mm. So we've got Stacey Abrams there going up against the incumbent governor, Brian Kemp. Now, four years ago, she ran against him in a very, very contested, very tightly contested, very controversial race when the, the, current, the, the administration at that time actually shut down some polling centres and made it extremely difficult for people to vote. And there is a law currently in Georgia saying you can't give people food and water while they're waiting in line to vote. So that they make it as tough as possible for people to vote in Georgia. Now, the pre-poll turnout there for the midterms has been nearly on par with the 2020 election. So I think wow. there's been like 730,000 pre-polling votes already in Georgia. Now, as we know, that usually favours favors the challenger. Mm. Stacey Abrams is hugely popular down there. With, she's at the groundswell support within the African-American community. She's worked very hard to stop voter, voter marginalisation, and she's also quite a decent person. Brian Kemp, of course, stood up against the Trump administration, and he's attorney general in Georgia, as we know, was a, was a flashpoint in Georgia during the mm. election. He stood up against Trump, and he was sort of ostracised by Trump because of it. But his conduct in Georgia, particularly around voting for the constituents there, is still very, very problematic and deeply, deeply troubled. So that's going to be an interesting race. Raphael Warnock is also being challenged by Herschel Walker. I don't know if Herschel Walker made the news there, but he is... Uh, he's, he's a real issue. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's, he's facing accusations of domestic violence. That's a really serious thing. Mm. The other thing is it's, it's come to light that he, he paid for girlfriends to have abortions, and he's running on an anti-abortion platform. Oh, good. Now, yeah, yeah, so, so that all came out. The other thing, he, in the debate with Raphael Warnock, who's, read, who's Reverend Raphael Warnock, who won the seat in 2020, he, he took out a police badge from, I think it was Gwinnett County, which is actually not far from where we stay when we go to Atlanta. And it was some police badge saying how he was an honorary police officer of Gwinnett County. And it was essentially like a toy, more or less. It was just sort of like this honorary thing. And the, 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 count, the, the, sheriff, the county sheriff actually came out and said, no, we didn't give him that. And no, he's not an honorary sheriff. And he kept banging on about how, oh, yeah, no, like if, if there is a crime or if the sheriff's department is doing something, I can go and be involved in it. I can contribute somehow. And I, sw- I swear. And then when he was pushed by an NBC journalist this, year, this week about, come on, mate, can you just let the badge thing go? He said, no, 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 this, this is my badge. This is a real thing. This is an actual badge that was given to me. Well, it's not an actual badge. It's like a, it's just a... It's just a sort of, you know, like a... It's just a, a play toy, really. It's just yeah. something honourable. Yeah, it's something honourable, right? No, 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 this is real. Oh, it, was, oh. it became an absolute mess. Truly. But this is the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're now dealing with these things. We're dealing with people like him and Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that her husband has proof the 2020 election was rigged, and then that's overshadowing the really serious conversations mm. that need to be had across the community. Absolutely. Well, listen. We might uh, we might leave our Halloween chat for uh, for next Monday. I know uh, for the first oh, time in, in a long, long time, uh, the US is actually able to celebrate Halloween. Halloween itself is on Monday, um, but of yeah, course, there'll be it, so much happening uh, over there across the across the week leading into uh, into Halloween. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's actually really fun. We were at the zoo today, and they've got all the pumpkins out, and there was a trick or treat thing down there, and all the kids were dressed up. They had all their gear on. Oh. It was really cool. Were and you that, too that dressed up? No, we, we were just... Allison did go and get a couple of chockies. But, it, you know, in her defence, there was a lot of chockies to go. Okay. Like, don't get out, like, whole Snickers bars. Oh, Unbelievable. Love it. Yeah. Well, we'll catch up with you. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week, and uh, and hopefully we're talking about a third Jets win. And, uh, yeah, oh, you stay safe over it's there, my good. friend. 
I will. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. That is Zach Garrett who joins us each and every Monday here on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the Morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you, the local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the Morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.